Welcome to All Electric Conversations, where we talk with pioneers in traveling with electric vehicles. We're your hosts, Katie and Steve Krivolovic of the All Electric family. From road trips and towing to daily life, we'll hear stories of wanderlust and progress to inspire your own adventures with All Electric Conversations. Welcome, everybody, to a new All-Electric Conversations with Steve and Katie from the All-Electric family. And today, we're going to talk about camping with an EV and the etiquette of that. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about like our favorites and some tips and tricks and stuff that we have come to acquire over the years of camping with an EV. Um, if you have followed us for a while, this may be some repeated information, but we kind of wanted to make a one-stop shop of some of our tips and tricks and some etiquette and things that you can even listen to while you're on your way out to the campground on your first go. So uh, we just wanted to to share some of our favorites and some things that we want to make sure that get across that for best practices. Yeah, and before we get started into this, if you have not signed up for the charge rally, please do that. That is October 5th through the 8th. 8th. Yep. And go to allelectricfamily.com and go to the charge rally tab and sign up for that. We would love to have you. And the discounted price. We're going to bump it back to June 1st. June 1st. We had it at May 1st, but we're bumping it back for one more month because... We got busy and didn't get a chance to remind you guys that the discounted price was yeah. ending. So we're going to bump it back a month so that everybody gets a chance to do that um, and that we have reminded you guys to go on and sign up before you lose that discounted price. And that's for people that are enthusiasts of EVs and camping and want to combine them. Even you know if you're not doing it right now, doing that in the future. So yeah. please go sign up for that. Yes. No EV, no RV. No problem. Yeah. Come come join us. We'd love to have you. All right. Let's get into it. Yes. So let's talk about, let's start with um, some of our tips for getting down the road to, like, to the campground, and then we'll dive into the campground piece itself. Um, and so I think my first tip would be be sure if you, especially if you're towing a camper, so it's not that you've packed your tent and everything into your car or you're going to sleep in your car or whatever the case is, but um, if you were towing a camper, especially, be sure to plan your route. Um, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you know where the chargers are. Make sure that you have a backup plan in case one of the chargers does not work, which is a situation that we have run into before. Um, and, you know, make sure that the that you know where you're going to drop your trailer if you have to, or even if you're going to have to drop your trailer you can even start thinking ahead about, okay, how can I pull up to the charger without having to unhook if you do all of those route planning steps ahead of time? And a couple of the apps that we use are a better route planner, and this is beforehand. And then we also utilize Google Maps to look at the site of where the charger is to get those ideas if hey, if we have to drop the trailer, we're going to go over here, or is there a way of not dropping the trailer? Those are all great things to use. Can you think of any other apps that we use for the planning of it? Uh, no. So, I mean, I guess PlugShare. So we'll use PlugShare, PlugShare yeah. too. So we use PlugShare and a better route planner to find the chargers. 
And then we kind of go back in through Google and check everything and make sure that everything looks good. Um, but luckily, Google does seem to be adding more and more features with EV charging. Yeah. So hopefully, eventually, it will be all in one place. Yeah. Um, you know, not that we don't love a better route planner and plug share and all of those things. And we think they're super important. But wouldn't it be great if we could <laughs> just yeah. do it all in one spot? So, but yeah, so find your chargers and then go back in on Google Maps. Do the the like street view or the satellite view and like physically look at that station and see where you need to pull with your camper. Yeah. And then at that point, once you have your route down, your backups, all that stuff, you know, maybe the day before, two days before, go back on PlugShare and just make that the make sure that those chargers are working properly. Read through the check-ins and kind of see what people are getting. Get an idea what charger uh, seems to be working consistently, getting a higher rate of charge, those sort of things. Yeah, it's very important to check those uh, check-ins because as a charging station can even have a high rating and not be working properly on PlugShare. So the best, most accurate information is to go and check those actual check-ins at the charger to see the current status of yeah. of what it is. And then also, I guess we always forget because we are in the habit and we just haven't taken a whole lot of trips um, in, since rate my charge has gotten started, um, like on Twitter and stuff. So that's another place to, to look um, to see how things are, are going um, in the status. That's going to be a very up-to-date thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So... Any other tips that I, that we could think of along the road? I mean, well, along the road, that's planning up to yeah, actually leave. That's true. So. That's you're planning up to going. So now you've hit the road. Okay. What's your biggest tip for when you're on the road? Well, I mean, for the electric vehicle, just making sure that your vehicle has hit to me a hundred percent, like before you take off just making sure you have enough energy in there uh because you don't know what the wind is going to be like specifically that day if you're in the midwest like we are it can change in you know a half hour and so that that's one of the things i guess that's even right before you leave but once you leave like make sure that it's at 100 percent uh state of charge and you know do all your checks with your trailer and make sure everything's hooked up correctly. Um, do all that. Just take your time before you actually hit the road. So then you hit the road, you know, if you have a co-pilot like I do, um, you want to make sure and check windy along the route just so you understand your efficiency. Reset your trip odometer so you can see your efficiency making sure that you are going to make it to that next charger with sufficient charge at the end in case you need a backup plan. Um, you know, Windy is a great app. It tells us uh, the direction of the wind, how fast the wind's going, and it also tells you what it is down the road really well. Um, that's one we really like. Yeah, it's got predictions for the wind and stuff, so it's really it's really useful to help you figure it out because the wind does play a big factor, especially if you are towing a trailer. Um, one of my favorite tips is that start slow and speed up if things are going well. Don't 
start out at your top speed and uh, expect to be able to get there. Start slow and then, you know, tick up that that speed little by little as you see that things are going well um, because you can't gain back that energy. <laughs> you know, you can slow down and you can stop using energy as fast, but you're, you can't get back that energy that you use by going quickly. So that's um, that's a tip that I use a lot. Um, you know, he's the one that does not have range anxiety. I am the one with range anxiety. So, you know, when I'm driving by myself on long distance road trips, not even towing, I will start slower than I think I need to be going and then tick it up as I go along. So um, that's just kind of one of our favorite tips. And if things are not going well, like back off your speed. That's the first thing you should do is just back off your speed and then you can slow down, get that efficiency up, and then hopefully make it if you're running into to problems. And right when you start understanding your efficiency is going to be a little bit lower, yes. uh, especially if you're in the heat of the summer or if it's a little bit cold because it's either warming the cabin or cooling the cabin down. And so it will take a little bit of uh, efficiency for that. Yeah. And then... Yeah, you get into it for the Rivian. I always say look at it in fifteen minute increments because on the screen it tells you, you know, the efficiency for the last fifteen minutes. Teslas do that in different increments. If I remember right, it's like five miles, fifteen miles, and thirty miles. Minutes, right? Or is it miles? Oh yeah, it is miles. So look at look at you know what your car specifically does. for that, and if you don't have something like that that resets it, like I'll, I'll take for instance the Ford Lightning. What I would do is just take over both of the triple odometers and reset that second triple odometer when I reset my speed. You know, if I would bumped it from 55 to 60, right when I got it 60, I would reset that triple that second triple odometer. So I knew what my actual efficiency was at 60, if that makes sense. Because it's obviously going to bring it down. You just don't know how much. It's usually about 10% is what we figured out. But understanding that, yeah, um, that that's a great tip. And it's going to be, again, depend on the conditions. If you have a heavier wind, there's going to be a bigger impact. You know, headwind, I should say. There's going to be a, a, a bigger impact when you bump that speed up because you're, you know, just increasing that uh, that drag more and more. So um, the other thing that's really useful because again, learning from our mistakes, we have not calculated the um, our efficiency and how many miles that we can go based on uh, what we're getting for our efficiency and the range within our vehicle. So we uh, I'm speaking of the Ford Lightning. When you pulled in and you thought, what it was telling you, you had like 5% or something, and then you pulled into the charger and it was like 0% all of a sudden. So if you are, if numbers confuse you and you are not a numbers person, you know, you can like go ahead 30 seconds. <laughs> but so what is, how do you calculate that so that you have an accurate like estimate of how far you can go with your vehicle? So when you tell me we need to be at 1.6 miles per kilowatt hour, what's that calculation? Yeah, and this is, uh, I'll do this pre, before we leave, and then also on the road usually, um, depending upon what's going on. And I'll go through those scenarios. But 
what we what I do is find out what the actual usable battery pack is. And that's pretty easy. Like you just go online, Google your vehicle, you know, usable battery pack, because there's a difference between what the actual battery pack is and what the manufacturer actually allows you to use. So let's take the Rivian, for instance. You know, it's anywhere from 125 to 128 kilowatt hours. And so what we do with that is then you take how many miles uh, that you're going and is that correct? Yeah. So if you have to go a hundred miles, you would take a hundred divided by 128 kilowatt hours. And so I'm not a hundred percent sure what that would be. Um, but that, then that's, that, that's the efficiency hours. that you need to get there. And that's draining it a hundred percent. So, you know, that I'll figure that cause I'm, okay with that um in in getting there with zero i don't really think that's a great no. idea for <laughs> for anyone i shouldn't do that no so, <laughs> so anyways uh that that's like a starting point and so yeah. you go in let let's say it's you want to get there with 10 percent. so then what you you would have to take 128 you know, and then take roughly 13 off of that. So, because that's 10% of the battery pack, 12.8 kilowatt hours, and then it would be at like 115. You're yawning because you're bored. No. Uh, it's like 115 <laughs> kilowatt hours if you want to get there with 90%, and you have 100% battery. So then you take 100 divided by 115, and that's the miles per kilowatt hour. Maybe that's our app idea. We need to make an app that you yeah. can just put the information into because I, um, like, even when I'm on the road by myself, I will text him and be like, here's my efficiency. Here's how much battery I have left. Here's how many miles I have left to go. What am I doing okay or do I need, you know? And so then he'll come back and he'll be like, oh, you need to get, you're fine or whatever. So, but, um, and we do have these calculations. Um, Oh, no, that's the um, road pass one, I think, is where we put that in. So we have a course on um, road tripping, um, and we put this information in that road pass course. We need to do one on our channel as well. But um, if you go on to Road Pass University and look up EV road trips, we have that calculations and stuff is all in there. I think we even have a little worksheet that goes with it that has those calculations. But it's just, it gives you peace of mind to know, yeah. like, that you know how much battery you have to use, you know how far you have to go, and then you have this specific number that you need to hit to be able to get there. Um, and then if you are a person that is, you know, even a little bit more nervous, then you can, you know, make sure you're getting even um, even better efficiency than what you needed to get to have a little buffer of, um, of getting there with, you know, even more battery. <laughs> so it's just... It's just peace of mind. I, I like doing those calculations along the road. And it's when you're like, there's other times when, you know, you're going down the road and you do the calculation and you're like, oh, we're, we're doing really well. I can bump it up a few miles per hour or whatnot and we'll still be fine. So it's a good calculation to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're on the road. Um, what else? Are there any other tips that we can think of for on the road? Because... I mean, it's 
mostly just get from point A to point B, which is watching your efficiency, knowing your route, knowing your chargers, that type of a thing. Um, so then it becomes when you get to the charger, what are what does, do people need to be aware of, especially if they are towing a trailer? What etiquette or what tips do we have for people that are pulling into a charger with a trailer? So at this point, hopefully you went on Google and looked at all the different scenarios that may work. You yeah. gotta be pretty fluid with this because there may be, you know, people charging there. There may be honestly people parked in a spot you thought might be, you know, you might be able to pull in and actually charge without unhooking. We've ran into all these sorts of situations. And so you just got to really be fluid with it. And so examine it, take your time, see what charger you need, see which one's working, do all that stuff before you really kind of pull up to it uh, and make make sure that it's working. If it's right on the end, I'm thinking of one instance where if it's right on the end, you could just pull up there and check if it's working. That's one thing. But, you know, if, if... you cannot do that. Go check the chargers and see if they're working. You probably have a good idea from PlugShare if they are, or even checking the actual, you know, manufacturer of the chargers, um, you know, app. I guess not manufacturer, but the person that is, uh, you know, operating the charger. Anyways, they're starting to tell you a little bit more if they're working, so that's good. Yeah. Um. And then just be fluid with it. Like I said, you can't, you don't know if you may have it in your head that you're, this is going to be the charger that you're not going to have to unhook. Well, you know, sometimes you have. Yeah. And, and depending upon your vehicle, and you may have to unhook more than others. You know, we've had better luck with public charging with the charge port on the front than on the rear. And so, you know, that that's just kind of the reality of it. And, you know, even the place that you're going to drop your trailer and somebody may be parked there. So you want, you want a couple different, you know, incidences or places that you can drop your trailer and, you know, and just, you know, that's what I would say. Be fluid once you pull up there and just examine it. And yeah, from there. And, you know, when we say be creative with how you're going to plug in, definitely do not, do not, you don't have to plan your charges to be pulled in appropriately into the parking spot um, to to charge exactly as you're supposed to charge. We have charged behind a charging station before, so we were able to pull up behind and, and still the charger was able to reach. We have pulled in, so the charging station, you know, is is in a row and we've pulled into the last stall with our truck like uh perpendicular into the into the stall rather than pulling in um you know straight forward and we have been able to charge um we have blocked broken chargers before we do not necessarily recommend blocking working chargers um but at the same time if there is a big bank and you're blocking one working charger and there are six other open working chargers you know there's plenty of room for other people to charge and if they really want to get nitpicky about that one then tell them sorry about your day <laughs> and, and, and move on um 
But, you know, just get creative. Think outside the box and see if you can make it so that you don't have to unhook. Even though our other another piece of advice that I have is that it doesn't take as long as you think to unhook and hook your trailer once it get you boil down to it. Because you're not setting up camp. You're just unhooking and then hooking back up. So, you know, all you have to do is throw chocks under the wheels, unhook from your car, and then go over and charge. So, I mean, I think it takes us between like, I don't know, like six to eight minutes or something. Like it's a really short period of time. Yeah, three to five minutes. And that's with a weight distribution hitch even. So it doesn't take as long as you think. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that people build up in their head that I'm going to have to unhook my trailer when I'm towing with an EV. And so they they think it's going to be this frustrating, hard process. And really, it's not, Um, especially if you get a system down. You know, it's like we park. I go chalk the wheels while Steve starts working on uh, getting the tongue down and unhooking the weight distribution bars. And, you know, we kind of have a system going where he's got his jobs, I've got mine. And then, you know, we're done and on our way. And I usually like, you know, finish up around the camper while Steve goes off and starts charging. And then I walk over to the charger um, after I make sure that everything's set with the camper. Um, So don't, don't make it you know, too big of a, a deal in your head. It's it's really not. Um, and especially with those front charge port CCS vehicles, we found that, I mean, more often than not, we are not having to unhook because we get creative. So um, just just think outside the box and, and but, but like Steve was saying, be prepared. Like, don't say, okay, I'm not going to have to unhook this time and then get yourself all excited that you get to stay hooked up. And then you pull up and you get frustrated and angry because you can't. So, um, and I think that's probably a good piece of advice for a trip with an EV right now in the state of how things are anyway, is to just set your expectations low and then be pleasantly surprised when things go better than expected. Um, I think that's going to, because mindset is such a huge thing, right? So if you go in thinking it's going to be a perfect trip and you have planned for hours and you know exactly how it's going to go, then you are going to be highly disappointed and you're going to be grumpy when you get there. But if you set off thinking, okay, here's the potential problem that could happen here and here's a potential problem that could happen here, then you'll be pleasantly surprised when you get down the road and you get there faster than you anticipated. So um, be fluid, prepare for the worst expect the worst and then be happy when that those don't happen yeah i agree with that mindset is huge and you know that mindset of being fluid and taking your time while you're there in case if you do have to change it up how you have planned it in your head just staying calm because that's when accidents happen yeah that's when you mistakes forget to you know put the chocks down yeah put the hitch pin in uh yeah you know the whatever the 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 what what am i trying to say the tongue blocks and so you know that's that's when stuff happens and so you want to do that honestly unhooking like katie said before it doesn't take that long once you get a system down and you're gonna have to be there for 30 minutes to an hour anyways uh charging so you know to be honest, what's an extra three to five yep. minutes? Yep. And so uh, that's kind of how I view it anyways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you are in a little bit of a hurry because you're going to go shopping 
getting groceries, that sort of stuff. And so, you know, maybe that kind of leads us into that next uh, tip. Yes. <laughs> good segue. Good segue. Um, so another thing that we do to maximize our time is we save our camping shopping. So our grocery shopping for our camping trip until we are, are at a charging station. Because a lot of the the chargers, especially the public CCS chargers, are at Walmarts or Targets or places like that. So we will choose a charge stop where we are going to need to stop for a little bit longer period of time. Um, And I will be honest, I think on nearly every single uh, stop that we have ever done for grocery shopping, like we have charged longer than we needed to because grocery shopping just takes that much more longer. But... You know, you're combining the. If you are going on a camping trip, you're going to have to do grocery shopping for that camping trip before you leave, or you can do it while you're headed down the road. And so we just instead of wasting that time ahead of time and going shopping at a separate time frame, we go while we're on the road. Um, the camper's right there, so then I don't have to take it from my house to the camper and all that stuff. So we just kind of save ourselves some time by uh, just doing our shopping and and preparations for the trip kind of while we are on the road um so you know we throw clothes in to the camper and we go on our way and we get the everything else um going when we get uh to a charging stop so it just kind of saves it saves time in the end um yeah along with that too we plan our you know lunches around that yeah um anything else you could plan you know, your breakfasts, if you're an early riser and you want to leave early, yeah, you could leave and then, you know, eat breakfast at your first charging and maybe get, you know, groceries at the second and then at the third one, you're eating lunch. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, just, just, you know, plan those events that, you know, you, you typically may do before or, or after or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, during your charging stops because it is it is you know possible to do that and that's how you save time and when you do that like katie said earlier almost always we're overcharging even with lunches and stuff yeah so and that's the great thing about having at least a camper with you is the simple fact that you're basically dragging a house down the road and so you can be comfortable in there and you know making your lunch and that's what we like to do. We, you could go grab a bite to eat, and I we've probably we do done that before. Yeah. But you know, it, it's so comfortable just being in the camper, making lunch, and and just hanging out together. It makes it feel, it makes it feel calm, right? Like, you know, when you're on a road trip, somebody's always rushing somebody and stuff. But then, you know, when you're right there and you have this whole house with you. You know, you can take a little bit time to stretch out. You know, if whoever was driving, if they want to take a 10 minute nap while the, you know, lunch is getting made, you can lay down and take a nap on your bed. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's such, there's this stigma of wasted time when you're charging an EV, right? You hear all these things. Well, I don't want, I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste. And I don't know that I have ever, Okay, maybe once. I I can think of one time where maybe we were sitting around waiting. Um, The charger was just a little bit slower, but I think it was like 100 degrees too. So the charger was just like not working very well. Um, That I felt like we were kind of sitting around waiting and wasting time. 
most of the time it is filled from the minute we <laughs> plug in until the minute we unplug with bathroom breaks, snacks, lunches, grocery shopping, um, walking the dog, getting the kids to get back in a better mindset. Our time is filled and is not wasted at charging stops. And I think that makes a big difference um, and really helps with, you know, again, that almost that mindset piece when you're when you're not rushing, you're like, okay, we have time here to stop and, and fix lunch and make lunch and then get back on the road. Um, so just use those those stops wisely because it's you have that time to do that. Yeah, fill that time with things to do. Yes, and it, it is easy to do. I think I thought when we first started um, towing, well, even driving an EV, but then towing with an EV, I thought there was going to be a lot of the sitting around, like wasted time at um, charge stops, and that just really hasn't been the case. If there's one where it doesn't fall on a meal or there isn't a grocery store, um, we'll try to find something that we can go explore around that um, charging stop. We've gone to a train museum before. Um, there's been like visitor centers or whatever that we'll go into and and hang out at and check out what's around that area. So just just use those all the time. times. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we could talk about would be you know when you're uh, going down the road, you're filling your time, you're stopping at these uh, chargers. Um, it's you know what happens if a charger doesn't work or something like that, what can some backup plans be? Yes. Um, there's a lot of different ones that you can have. Um, well, we'll kind of go through some of them. There's probably even more than what we uh, think, but, you know, the first kind of obvious one uh, that you can have in the back of your mind is going to be a campground or a slower charger that's, you know, close by, something like that. Just making sure you have enough energy to get to those places. Um, this is part of that fluid piece. Uh, it doesn't happen, you know, too often, but you just have to be understanding of that. And so, you know, w you can go to a campground and, you know, and charge what you need to get to the next one. You may have to, unfortunately, stay the night sometimes, um, you know, prolong your trip. Um, you can, you know, honestly, get your vehicle and your camper towed to the next charger. That obviously costs a lot of money, but that is a backup plan. Yeah. Um, another thing is you could have a generator. I know that's not a popular uh, thing because it's using gas, but the At way you get there, <laughs> the way that public charging is currently, I would not feel bad about having a backup plan of a generator. Yeah. And so just making sure that you would have enough, you know, fuel to generate enough energy in your vehicle to get you to that next charger um, whether that be a slower charger that's charging about the same rate as that generator or, you know, to, you know, the next DC fast charging. Um, and so, you know, that those are some of the, you know, uh, backup plans. Do you have any other backup plans? Um, no, I would just say, um, well, I guess a couple, a couple of pieces on that. 
One, there are probably more J1772 or slow chargers around than you think that there are. So, you know, just go on your apps and look around. There may be one across the parking lot. Um, For instance, the time that we got stranded, um, there was a J1772 literally right across the parking lot. And we could have just gone over there, charged at least for a little bit while we figured out a plan of where we were going to go next or what we were going to do. But we got a little overzealous and wanted to get down the road as fast as we can. So just slow down, take your time and realize that, you know, avoiding the big mistake is worth the time taking the time to figure it out and figure out what you need to do. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, is remember that you don't have to necessarily get to the next charger that you had planned. So in the panic of a charger not working, don't forget to go back and look and see if there's another um, fast charger along the route that you were going to skip because you had a charge or whatnot. So you may only need to go charge, you know, for a couple of hours on a slower charger to be able to get you to that next one. And then you can get back down on the road on your plan, Um, you know, because there are times when we could skip one charger, um, you know, so go back and look again and see if there's not one that you're missing, even if it's like a 60 or 50 or 60 kilowatt, yeah, you know, it's usually the case. Yeah. And so we're skipping multiple. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. So you're because usually you're going to look for the 150 or the 350 kilowatt, um, you know, chargers when you're on trips like that. So go back and look and see, did I skip a 50? Did I skip a 60? That if I stay here at this J1772 for, you know, three hours, then I can make it to that one. And then we can kind of get back on track after after that. Um, because, you know, the panic sets in where you're like, oh my gosh, the only charger that I have is a J1772. I'm going to have to sit here for, for forever to get a charge. This is stupid. So, Take a deep breath, go back and, and reevaluate your plan and see if there's another another way that you can go that's going to make it so that you are not stranded for a very long period of time. <laughs> but, you know, like we said, think worst case scenario <laughs> and then be pleasantly surprised when things work out well for you. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably most of the, the trip along the road. Yeah. Things you got to think of. Um, I guess one thing would be also, I guess we didn't mention plan. If you, if you're going a longer distance, plan a charge stop overnight at a campground, um, you know, take out a stop by having it be a charge while you are stopped overnight at a, at a campground. We will even like leave the night before. So when Steve gets off work, we'll leave. Uh, and then, you know, go one or two chargers down the road and then stop and charge overnight if we have a long trip, um, because that works well for us. We're kind of night owls staying up a little bit later. We're like, we would much rather get a little bit down the road uh, so that we could sleep in a little bit more in the morning and then head down the road more. But uh, you can also charge overnight at a campground. So keep that in mind um, to break up the drive, too, which we have felt has been good for our kids, our dog, us. You know, breaking it up really does help with everybody's uh, overload. <laughs> You're not quite so on edge by the time you get there if things have been broken up. So that would be my one last little piece for on the road. So you've arrived at the campground. I feel like now's when there's like a whole bunch of things. I guess one of the other things on the road is is make sure you have um, if you're a Tesla driver, you know, make sure you have your Tesla to CCS adapter 
make sure you no matter what you drive you have um if you need a j177 um two of some kind your travel charger like make sure you have all of your stuff with you so that you can charge no matter what the scenario is along the road but that also applies to the campground as well you're kind of bringing your stuff so i guess let's start there what equipment should you have with you if you're going to be camping with an ev yeah so all the things i would carry with me would be a you know 25 foot you know uh, 50 amp, um, extension cord. So that's a 1450, uh, plug on each end. And then I would carry, you know, depending upon if it's a, well, I guess you don't need that. Uh, make sure you have your travel charger and, um, also having a 1450 to 30 amp, uh, adapter. That's so you can convert to, a 30 amp RV plug, and you got to make sure this EV specific on that one. You cannot just use the dog bone that you take with your camper if you have a 50 amp camper. And we'll link to the one that we use in the show notes. We'll put a list of all of this equipment in the show notes, but you know, because it does have to be that EV specific, we'll make sure we put the one that we use um, down there. Yeah. And you know, that that's. That's maybe bare minimum. Um, with that, I also carry a 1450 splitter. Um, the only way I would do that is if you're able to regulate how much you're pulling from the pedestal, whether that be, you know, through the car or the travel charger that you have. And that's just so you don't overload the pedestal or even that uh, 1450 splitter that goes into, you know, two 1450s. Um, you would also need to be able to regulate the amps coming into your camper if you're splitting it from your camper to your car. And so you'd more than likely have to have some aftermarket, um, you know, inverter in your camper. So we, we do have that in our camper and on the uh, Rivian, you are able to, uh, pull the amps down, but they do make travel chargers, uh, that actually can, uh, regulate how many amps, uh, it's putting into your car. So that, those are some extra things with that. Um, and then, you know, I do use a surge protector for the camper. Um, I utilize, a watchdog and that's so I can make sure monitor that I'm not pulling too much um, current from that pedestal I don't once again I don't want to overload it and that that those are some of the extra stuff that you need I I do believe you probably should have a surge protector just for your camper no matter what and if you're going to get one you might as well get this watchdog one I don't know of too many others that allow you to kind of monitor how much power that you're using. Yeah. If you've been camping for very long at all, you know a surge protector is a good idea because sometimes you pull up at those pedestals and you're like, ooh, this thing does not look like it is up to code. So just go ahead and get yourself one. Again, we'll even link to that watchdog one um, in the show notes because it is a good one, especially um, with an EV so that you can monitor um, all of that, you know, all of your power usage and and whatnot. Um. So 
you know, you pull up, you've got all your equipment and all all of the things that you need. And so um, then it becomes like some questions of probably like some etiquette and like what the appropriate thing to do is with an EV. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Before we get there, with the watchdog as well, if you happen to come into a campground and they are not happy about you having an EV, um, you can plug your um, EV into the watchdog and then monitor through the app the amount of power that you're using. So then you could offer to pay them for the additional power. It's essentially like having a, uh, why am I blanking out on the word? Like a monitor on the um, meter. A meter. There you go. Like monitor is not the right word. A meter on the pedestal, seeing how much power you use. You could plug your EV into that, and then um, and then tell them, okay, I use exactly this many kilowatt hours. Here's my money for paying that. And in all honesty, it's going to probably be ten dollars or less. But um, you know, depending on how quickly you're charging and all that kind of stuff, and how often you're charging. Um, but you do have that option. And so, you know, we've kind of had that as a backup plan in our heads. We've never run into it, but we were like, okay, if we run into that, here's here's one thing we will offer them. Um, so, you know, thinking about, about that. Um, but it probably would be best practice to call ahead to the campground and say, I am going to be reserving a spot. I have an RV I tow it with an EV and I will be plugging in my car while I'm there just to let them know um, so that you don't run into a situation where you're expecting to be able to charge your car at the campground and then they won't let you. Um, now, that being said, we have never done that and we have never run into a problem um, because we're paying for the campsite and, you know, so we have never run into that problem. However, it would probably be best practices to call ahead and let them know um, that you will be coming with an EV. And the only reason we say that is because we have had a couple people tell us that they, one, have been turned away um, or just told they can't charge there. And so we weren't in that moment with them, so we yeah. don't know how that was communicated or anything. So we just don't want other people to be, you know, left out there to deal with it themselves. And yes. so that's why we say that, um, you know, so it, it, it just depends how you are too. And so if you feel like you can handle those situations and figure it out, you know, even if they say, you know, you can't charge your vehicle and you go through all these processes of saying, hey, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for an extra side if that's really what you want me to do. All those sorts of things. Um, if there is a public charger in town, you just got to take your vehicle there, charge it, you know, and then come back. Uh, it's not too big of a deal. It's obviously a little bit of an annoyance. So you would want to make sure and, you know, bring something that you could leave it there if it was a slower charger and uh, come back to the campus. Like an e-bike, an e-scooter, that type of a thing. Yeah, or a regular bike if you yeah. want to use energy. If you want to, you know, exercise or something. <laughs> so, or you could walk. Yeah, you're good. Anyways, so just thinking about those things, you know, it's it doesn't happen to us, but that's why we say those things is because yeah. we we don't want you to have to 
panic if you get there and they say those things and you're surprised. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, only heard it from two people, happened twice, but it has happened. Yeah. So we have to say it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's another way to, you know, set your expectations low and then be pleasantly surprised when things work out. Um, you know, we, I would say we, we do pull into campgrounds ready to explain, um, you know, how it will work when we're charging and that type of a thing, what our plan is, um, if the, if the campground has questions, um, the others, and there's a couple other scenarios too. You could tell the campground that you will not plug in your camper and your car at the same time, um, that you will only have one plugged in or the other plugged in, which we have, um, a bigger battery pack in our camper or a battery bank, I should say, not battery pack, um, for a couple reasons. One, we want to be able to boondock from time to time if we if we want to do that. But then two, it also gives us the option that if we are at a campground where they don't want us to have the car and the camper plugged in at the same time, we can still run everything in our camper um, without having to you know worry about being plugged in uh, while we're charging the car. So you know, there's always that option as well um, to just let them know that and. Um, and we'll explain too later on if you don't have anything else or if you have more to talk about, you know, ideas of when to plug in, you know, your, your car versus your camper and stuff yeah. like that. Why don't that. you go ahead and, yeah, I think that's good. So like, you know, we mostly do a lot of our camping in the summer around here. And so we do want to use our air conditioner. The battery bank that we have would only power that for maybe two hours. So it's not a large battery bank that we have in our camper. So what we would do is one, if uh we were gonna go out and play or do whatever, gonna be away from the camper or something like that with the dog, uh we would plug it in then, uh, you know, unplug the camper, plug the car in while we're gone exploring uh just the campground or whatever. Uh the other thing is Look at the temperatures at night because you may not even need your air conditioner. Um, that's what we run into sometimes. And so we'll just charge the vehicle overnight. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that works really well. You know, you unplug the camper at night, plug the car in over overnight. And by that time, depending upon, you know, what state of charge you're at, you're going to be pretty high uh, state of charge by the time that you wake up and the air conditioner so yeah so just think through those times and and stuff and and have a plan for when you want to um charge your car versus having the camper plugged in um and you know it again we say all these things because we've prepared ourselves i mean that's us doing the having the worst case scenario in our heads and so we've thought through all of these things and have plans for if this that or the other thing happens um and so you know, but most of the time we were able to plug in, run both the camper and the car. Um, you know, it might be on turning the amps down and that type of a thing, but, um, you know, it, we are prepared for the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, running one air conditioner on the camper. Mm-hmm. So that's how you would, uh, consume less there. Yeah. Uh, using your, uh, microwave, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I just got to think through. And, you know, all that being said, you can already see it happening. Campgrounds are upgrading their electrical systems, and it's not just because of EVs. Even 
most campers today need 50 amp service. And so more and more campgrounds are putting in more and more plugs or upgrading what they already had. Um, so, you know, you're starting to see these electrical systems that can handle more in campgrounds. I mean, I can think of, um, well, I think this this winter, I think two of campgrounds that we frequent have added like a significant a number of, of additional like 50 amp sites to the campgrounds. So, you know, you're starting to see that already, and it's because of the RVs, not EVs. But you are even seeing places that are um, specifically putting in 100-amp pedestals for EVs and RVs together so that people that are have an EV that are camping, you know, have all the power you could ever ask for. Um, there's, a, there's a specific campground in um, Houston, no, Austin, Texas, that does that, um, Estonia RV Resort, I believe. Uh, there's one in um, in Montrose, Colorado, that's going in that they are. So instead of doing, the, they're going to do like 50 amp sites, but they're also going to have an on-site EV charger at that campground. So you know, you're starting to see like people realize that we are going to be heading this way. So it's going to get easier and easier as we go down the road to be camping with your EV. So keep that in mind too. Um, I think another thing that uh, we should touch on, though, is you know if you are just camping with your EV, so that is your camper, or you're tent camping and you've brought your EV, do you think there's any additional etiquette or things that people should keep in mind if they are just specifically, you know, either camping in their Tesla or or EV or whatever it is, um, and then t- or tent camping with an EV? Um, you know, like one thing I guess we heard is that. You know, somebody was frustrated that there was a an EV that was taking up a spot at campsite, and they actually went up and talked to them and asked them, and they had a spot for their tents and then also their electric vehicle. And, you know, according to them, they chose to do that themselves. Uh, it wasn't like the campground or anything like that. If that's the case, like, you know, to me, you should just purchase one campsite, you know, so you're not taking up two spots. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there also could have been some other scenarios with that. But, you know, just take up one spot if you can. uh, So other campers or, you know, people camping don't get upset with you. Yeah. 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 I don't know what else. I I think it's just one of those things that if you are camping with an EV, unfortunately, we have to be aware that there are people that have it out for EVs, that they're a little bit angry about it and, and they just are not happy. So, you know, maybe in that scenario, like maybe a friend's coming the next day and they had two campground, two, two campsites and the friend was late or whatever, but, you know, maybe you know, spread out, like, if you have this, because they said multiple tents, so, like, put one on each side so that people see that there's someone that's, that is camping there, um, you know, just, just be aware that, you know, be courteous, be, um, just, just do your best to not appear to be just using a campsite or, like, 
Because I think people think that EV owners are coming in for free and parking their car there and charging it for free and trying to be freeloaders. That's the stuff that we hear anyway. So just, you know, trying to be aware of that and and uh, putting on a good show, <laughs> so to speak, when you're there to make sure that people know that, you know, you're not just like freeloading and taking free power because that's what a lot of people are going to just assume that you are doing when you're in those scenarios. So, um, you know, it's just a little bit of helping the EV movement in the way of just educating people and like letting people see that, you know, we are doing the right thing. And regardless, yes, there are going to be people to do the wrong thing, but that's in every aspect of life all the way across the board. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. So, um, you know, just be aware of those things when you're, when you're, yeah, as far as the tent camping goes, I, I think in taking an EV on is uh, an amazing thing to do because you get endless amounts of power and, you know, anyway, well, I guess yeah. if you got that installed, you got power there anyways. Anyways. Well, I but they have the ones where the, you put the car, the tent over the back of your car so then you can air condition your tent bedroom. or heat so. your tent with the car, which is. Yeah, yes, it's please. awesome. So. <laughs> Okay, so... I think that covers it. Else. I don't feel like there's too much else other than always, 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 whether you're camp with an EV or anything like that, leave the area better than you found it. Uh, it's very important. We want to make sure and protect our places uh, that have all of our beautiful nature and, you know, adventuring and all that stuff. So make sure and... Uh, take care of it. Yep. We always say, leave it better than you found it, whether it's a, a state park, a national park, a privately owned campground, wherever it is, take care of it and leave it better than you found it. So, but uh, if you have not hit the follow button on our podcast, please be sure to do that on your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you are on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you follow along with all of our adventures. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions of things you want to hear us talk about or people that you think that we should talk to on our podcast, drop us a message. We love hearing from you guys and and hearing what you want to hear about or who you want us to talk to. Um, we think it's great that that you guys, um, you know, want have information that you want to get from us. And uh, we'll do our best to, <laughs> to do good by you when we do those topics. And uh, yeah, leave us a... a a comment or a review on the podcast as well on your favorite app. Um, and then this, if this is on YouTube, make sure and comment down below yes. with your favorite tips or tricks uh, when traveling with an EV, whether that be towing or just road tripping. Yes. All right. We'll see you guys in the next one. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find all of our show notes at allelectricfamily.com slash allelectricconversations. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at All Electric Family. Find us on Twitter as All Electric Fam. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this story, please be sure to share it and hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and help inspire others to hit the road. Until next time, stay charged.